This is Wyman and Bob on Seattle Sports. Streaming live on the Seattle Sports app and at seattlesports.com. Now, here are your hosts, Dave Wyman and Bob Stelton. Coming up at 3.30, we'll take a closer look at some of the keys to these conference title games this weekend. We'll roll the tape, so make sure you stick around for that with Wyman and Bob, Seattle Sports on 710. But it's been a while since we've had this guy on, so I felt like it was it was due. we got to talk to him. He's got a show coming up here in Seattle. He's also got his documentary out, all kinds of things happening in his world. Our buddy Adam Ray is with us on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline. How are you, man? Oh, man, I'm coming to you guys from the Vegas of the East Coast, West Palm Beach, Florida. West Palm oh, Beach, wow. Florida. So it's nice and warm at least, right? Where where were you? I talked to you on That's FaceTime the other day. I was telling these guys you were on a boat somewhere. Where were you? Uh, yeah, I was on the Impractical Jokers uh, cruise. They do a, um, a comedy cruise. It's another sixth one, I believe. Um, so we went uh, we went on that, did a bunch of shows, did a bunch of podcasts. Um, but where were uh, you? Where stayed sober the whole time? Um, no way. That's false. Didn't That's drink. A lie. Didn't. Uh, That's didn't, a lie. <laughs> uh, didn't almost fall off the uh, the edge. It is scary. Amanda, my wife, has never been on uh, a cruise before. Um, she's never even been out of the house. I, I won't let her. But she, <laughs> she's um, no, she's been on uh, you know planes, obviously. But the cruise was kind of a new. It was interesting to see it through someone else's goggles that was kind of like, whoa, this is kind of bizarre. And also she's, you know, uh, I don't want to say terrified of the water, curious, curiously uh, suspicious, where (laughs) she'll say things like, do you know we don't know 97% of what's under there? And I'm like, okay, well, I thought we could just relax tonight, but now you're making me uh, fearful of what's living and lurking beneath. Uh, it is scary to think about. I mean, there's probably, you know, there's probably some sort of shark, whale, dolphin combo, a schwalfen, you know, (laughs) that, uh, that is just waiting to chomp off your lower half and feed it to its children. And look, this is why when I said I was sober, I was joking because I would say things like that and people would go, yeah, nice to meet you, man. And then walk (laughs) the other way. But there is a, there is something about being on the water that is, is, um, both, you know, tranquil and and terrifying. But we found uh, we found more of the first one. Um, but it was a blast, man. They was it the Bahamas? So many. Yeah, we went to the Bahamas. Okay. Got off. Um, got offered a lot of things. We got offered to, you know, take a, a scooter ride. We could parasail. We could um, participate in the donkey show, which I know Lefko, you're you're always asking me like, what's that? What's that like? You know, do, either, do they use real donkeys? And they do. Um, so we skipped out on that. And uh, and just kind of made our way to the beach and, and so long. And then we went to a Margaritaville, a Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville, and uh, and uh, took in the sights and sounds. Had a lot of fun eavesdropping. Um, you know, it's I heard some guy on the cruise say that he um, asked a, a um, asked his wife to uh, flash another uh, cruise uh, um, passenger. So if if that passenger would pay for their Wi-Fi. Um, which, uh, which wasn't one of, which wasn't a, one, my proudest moment, but you know, our, our cars weren't working and the Wi-Fi was, was bad, Amanda, so Amanda Amanda's game. You stepped up. Yeah. But, um, she stepped <laughs> yeah, it was fun, man. There were so many, so many shows and so many great comics. It was the Jokers and then Eric Andre and, uh, Steve-O was there and Steve-O, 
if you haven't seen his special, take a take a peek. But that guy is wild, man. I mean, I've known him for about eight, nine years now. And uh, and he's just, you know, this guy where it's like, yeah, I did jackass. And like, I'm just, you know, I'm almost 50. So I'm just trying to figure out how to keep it going. And like, how many more things can I put in my butt? You know, I'm like, well, I don't know. I mean, there's so many things you've only you've only done it a few times. So I think there's. You know, there's quite a few opportunities. <laughs> a, that was a pretty uh, strong impression of him. For anybody that's heard Steve yeah, O speak, that's exactly what his voice sounds like. Oh, yeah. It, I was like, dude, what if they did a jackass cruise? He's like, I don't think anybody would survive. <laughs> that's a fair point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, How you are know, you guys? Yeah, we're doing good. Uh, let me ask you a sports question. Who do you want to be the Seahawks' yeah. ne- next coach? I know you've been following it and listening. And, yeah, what do you think? Well, I'm following i'm uh i'm interested i've uh you know um exchanged some texts with you guys and with uh um, our boy cliff averill and uh i mean i'll just say this i was really i was shocked when the rust trade happened right like those are the last two i feel like mariners offseason has been a consistent like uh you know just like one long like just constipation and then you finally like get a little bit out and then you're like all right I feel a little better. The rust trade was like, you know, uh, shocking and a little emotional because it was the end of an era, you know, mm-hmm. and it did feel like we were uh, kind of back to square one. And then, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Pete uh, helped steer the ship uh, in the right direction. This one was really like oddly emotional. I- I've also, you know, been uh rooting for Pete and had him a part of my life since the SC days. So really coming up on, you know, 20 over 20 years, which is pretty wild to be connected to a coach. Right. I mean, uh, and and to also feel just so connected to him as a person, I only met him, you know, this past year uh, when, when Bert Kreischer got us access to go to the VMAC and hang out for a day, but it was, you know, whether it's documentaries, interviews, you know, talking to my boy Mark Sanchez about, you know, just how I would, you know, pick his brain about how great Pete is. And so just a lot of anecdotes and things that you guys have said. And and it just feels like this guy that I have kind of put up on a pedestal and, and just really respected and, and read his books and, and um, know especially what he did for the community while he was um, at SC. And so really felt like a loss. And the way everyone spoke about him, you know, I just kind of got obsessed with the coverage on it and watched every interview on every uh, on every sports talk show. And it, a few guys, Michael Robinson included, had to catch themselves from being like, you know, it's just sad to see him go. And they go, I mean, he's not he's not dead. He's just he's just not going to coach anymore. Like people had to. It felt like you were mourning the like the loss of him, like mm, away because yeah. you know now we're like, well, what's his next role? And whatever his role is, whether it's with the Seahawks or not, he's just not going to. There's a, a familiar, familiarity. Uh, sorry, I still might be feeling the cruise, uh, either the swing or the alcohol. But the uh, <laughs> did, you, did you hear me struggle through that last word? By the way, good God, familiarity. Uh, but that the, was a uh, tough one. The familiar. What say it for me, Dave? Wow, I just try to get everything. I'm going to get through it. Say it for me. Dave. Yeah, I don't. What I don't think it? I'm the guy that should be charged with this. Um, yeah, it's not his strength. Familiarity. How about that? And let me ask the other guy who feels like he's on a cruise ship when he's not all the time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> familiarity. So uh, when it uh, when when you're not going to look down and like see him on the sidelines. When I started to really go down a rabbit hole of emotions as far as like 
the lack of Pete moving forward, it got me really sad, man. I'm not yeah. going to lie. And I definitely, I mean, you can ask Amanda. I got, I got pretty choked up a handful of times. Just And his press conference, I'm a pretty you know, easy crier when, when, if you tug at one heart string, you're probably going to grab them all. And, uh, and Pete, uh, his, his press conference, not only his moments talking about, um, his wife, yeah. uh, were so sweet, which by the way, I listened to Saul's interview that, I mean, <laughs> I love how much Pete, like even in the last interview, you know, making a joke about, uh, P- Pete calling, uh, calling out his wife. And then Salk was just like, was it because she always told you what to do or whatever he said? And Pete just shut that down so quick, being like, no, you jerk. It was because she's a great woman and she's I respect her and this and that. I just love Pete for that because I thought that was such a poor choice by Mike to be like, hey, because, like just ripping the rug out from under this guy's sweet moment with his wife. I don't know. I mean, you, you throw a lot of darts. They don't all stick. And that one definitely missed the board and hit some stranger in the eyeball. But um, anyway. Let me, yeah. let me ask you about but your anyway, uh, the coaching search. Let me say yeah. this. I think uh, I, I keep thinking uh, Vrabel uh, sounds and looks good. And I watched a bunch of stuff on him and, and he just feels like a, a pretty, a pretty nice mix of like enthusiastic, optimistic, nice, fun guy, like on the younger side still. And, uh, and I don't know, I just feel like he's had success and I think would, um, I don't know. I just like the vibe. It's, you know, it's, there's a similar thing we still kind of go off of emotions and just do you like the guy and whatever it's like clearly i think he's got a good football sense but i also think dan quinn nostalgically if that's a word would um i am drunk (laughs) would would come back into uh um play as far as like you know getting back the old ways of, of doing things or keeping it the same but i also hear the argument where everyone's saying don't have quinn because of that and dave how does that actually factor in well, I, yeah, I think people are saying, uh, oh, well, it's going to be kind of the same thing because he was with Pete and we need to, you know, do a, a drastic departure from that. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that's necessarily the I mean, he's he's his own person. He's it's not like yeah. you're going to get all uh, a bunch of remember when uh, when Salt didn't Salt call Pete's uh, sayings slogans. At one point, I think in the very beginning, I don't remember that? Yeah, probably. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember that. But um, but yeah, I mean, I. To, to me, I, I would be okay with any of these, but I'm kind of – Bob's stuck on Ben Johnson. I'm stuck on Mike McDonald. and I like know, them both, but I'm leaning toward Ben. Yeah, you know. so it, it just it seems like it would be cool to get – and I think it's really going to be interesting to see what John Schneider does because he has a knack totally. for getting players, you know, and hopefully that he has that same kind of – it's almost like quirky, his, his knack for identifying talent. And uh, so hopefully – that's that's the case with uh, hiring the new coach as well. And by the way, Adam, yeah. if if they do hire Vrabel, Lefko is going to storm out of the building, stomping mad. He's he, he's I've heard this. You know, he's a Titans fan. Yeah, that's the, that's his favorite team. He loves the Titans, so he knows more about the Titans than any of us out here. And he's you know he's he's given us particulars as to why that would be a, a a not such not such a good idea, not such a good head coach. Now, Lefko, uh, if you had to pick between the movie Remember the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> or your team, the Titans, or um, or that cartoon Titan. Well, I don't know. Yeah, Titans Titan, go. Your Titans go. Good? Yeah. Which of the three would you uh, would you pick if you were stranded on a desert island with Come the on. entire you, Titans team? How do you pick the against cast remember, remember the, the Titans. Titans? Oh, the cast. I thought you meant the movie itself. The cast. Yeah. Yeah. Who would you rather hang out with for a, for a, a day if you were stranded on a desert island? Oh, the cast. And this question sounded better in, in my head. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. There's some big names say, in say that cast. Again. You'd go with the cast. Or yeah, remember the we'll Titans. name a few of them. 
Ryan Gosling, the guy from Scrubs. <laughs> the guy uh, from Denzel Scrubs. Denzel Washington. Yeah, <laughs> Donald Faison. Yeah, Donald All right, let's move Faison, on. Let's go. Faison, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I asked you anything. All right, let's move on. Um, <laughs> hey, what's going on with the uh, what's going on with the uh, with the documentary? Has it been submitted? Is it going to be in some film festivals? I told you I watched it twice to to account for Dave. So he's 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 you know by by proxy he's watched it by proxy. <laughs> He'll love it, Dave. When you do finally watch it, it's gonna be, it's gonna be great. And you know, I'm gonna go ahead and say this. Let's just let's just set a date, March fifteenth, twenty twenty eight. Just put it in the calendar. <laughs> sit down, take forty five minutes, crack well, I, open a cold one. I did start watching. I really it. think you'll love it. Yeah, I did start watching it, but it just it just wasn't that funny. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Hey, Dave, not everything's hilarious, and you should know this because every day when you make a joke and people don't laugh, that should let you know that some things are meant to just take to the grave and not be said out loud. Do you know what I'm saying, Dave? And this documentary I know. is... Uh, I know. You don't, you don't no, like my I mean, attitude right now. I don't no, think I Dave, like your attitude. I, so you were, you, were taken aback. you were taken aback that it wasn't a full-on comedy, and you were, you were like, wait, I only expect giggles from this guy. What's happening? From what I saw, it's fantastic. It really is. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, and, I think and for you, it, um, you know, being Mister Jokey, funny guy all the time, and yeah. and then you're you're actually quite serious. It's uh, it's refreshing. Well, it's uh, you know the story is just you know pretty pretty insane. It was yeah. tough to not uh, to jump into that, but there is um, there is uh, if you want more jokey stuff, a, a new Doctor Phil Live show drops on my uh, YouTube page next week with Whitney Cummings and Nikki Glaser, and we're doing another one with Bill Burr uh, in February. And uh, again, if you guys haven't seen any of those, they're all on my YouTube page. And I think we are trying to line up a Dr. Phil live show. I've been toying with the idea of doing one live uh, outside of L.A. And uh, and I think I'm going to set one up for the uh, the week that you guys come to spring training. Um, and uh, I don't know if that's been discussed yet. Is that is that fair for me to say? Uh, hasn't been locked in yet. Hasn't been okay. Great. Not, not totally. Well, we need you gets, down there, though. We need you down there. Yeah, it gets locked in. I'm trying to schedule it around you guys being there uh, at yeah. one of the big comedy clubs, so you could see it live. And uh, and also, I've just been wanting to do it outside of L.A. and see uh, see what the following and appeal is like because I get messages. You know, it's it's been quite a, a little bit of a boost as far as just you know subscribers on YouTube and followers and all that and people coming out to shows from that, and so. Now we're just trying to test the real uh, market for it. I mean, I, I did get these messages from people in Amsterdam and Paris being like, you got to come out and do it here. We've got these, everyone's obsessed and blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, you want to, at some point, you got to take a stab and see what that looks like. Um, but obviously Phoenix is closer than France. If I went all the way to France and set up a show and I was getting, you know, hundreds of messages of people being like, dude, we'd all come out. And then I get there and it's just, you know, Lefko dressed as the Ratatouille rat. I'd be pretty bummed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Now, I showed Dave that video you sent me where I believe, was that in Denver? You you went on stage. It was like a 10,000-seat arena that's packed, and you received an oh, award from the, from the real Dr. Phil, yeah. who was on video. Yeah, they gave me. So Kill Tony is this big show uh, that happens at Joe Rogan's Club, The Mothership. And, you know, they have on young comics, whether they've done it one time or uh, for five years, and, um, and they do a minute of comedy, and then a panel of comics kind of uh, give them critique and make jokes and... A lot of hit them and hug them uh, type stuff, and uh, and it's real fun. There's a live band, so I went on a handful of times this past years myself, and then went on as Doctor Phil, and it just, it just the episode was real beloved, and and got a couple mil in a couple of days, and and then they gave me guest of the year because of that, and uh, at the arena show, yeah, I mean, 
it, it the the fans for that show are are rabid and they just are diehard and so they jumped on to me pretty quick and and the Dr. Phil character on that show and so I did it the first night in front of 10,000 as myself I was the guest uh sorry as Dr. Phil and then I did a surprise set the second night and uh and they just went nuts man and now they're doing two shows at Madison Square Garden uh and one at the Forum for the show uh it's a live podcast it's never been done like that at, at an arena and um can't say officially if I'm going to be at those, but I mean, there's a pretty good chance. And but, uh, the real Dr. Phil sent me a video yeah. giving me guest of the year. Yeah, it was awesome. And and Tony wrote a script for him and he did it. And Ron White helped orchestrate that because he's great friends with Phil and 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 great buds with Tony. And, and the video was great. And I had no idea it was coming. So it, that episode actually dropped today on YouTube. You can go check that out because um, they had people stream them from New Year's and then now they're making them available. So that's on YouTube if you want to go check that out. And it's pretty cool that just seeing me look up at the big screen uh, in a in a split screen watching Phil be like, you know, uh, I want to, hey guys, Dr. Phil here, uh, I wanted to be there, uh, but I'm eating an apple. <laughs> anyway, uh, I want to congratulate uh, Adam Ray on winning guest of the year. Congratulations, Adam. You finally figured out a way to be famous, uh, pretending to be me. <laughs> and then, uh, and the beauty was you're dressed year. as him while that's being played. Yeah. yeah, it was wild. There was a point where Amanda and I were just, it was such a fun night and you know, Jelly Roll was there, and, and this guy, Mr. Beast, who's the biggest guy on YouTube, he puts out a video of him, you know, uh, being trapped in an all-white, you know, uh, uh, asylum room for for 500 days. It's All his videos get like 300 million views in two days. It's wild. He's the biggest guy on YouTube. And he was there, and and um, all these rappers and UFC fighters, and, and just, uh, you know, and uh, <laughs> we're meeting and hanging with people. And at one point, I just look at Amanda, and, you know, we were like just – this is so cool. But then I was just like, what am I doing? And we both just had this very real moment and started <laughs> laughing very hard. I was like, look how I'm dressed. Look at that. Like people are going nuts for me, but like dressed like this, but like, it's so bizarre and just hilarious. And, and that's why, you know, our business is so, you know, flimsy and exciting because there's so much uncertainty and you never know what's going to stick. Right. It's like, um, you know, been grinding along and to have something silly like this, get a little bit more uh, juice um, to fuel some of the other, you know, passions is, is pretty cool. Well, before we, we uh, have to get out of here, you got a show coming yeah. up. You got a show coming up in Renton of all places. When, yeah. when and where? Renton, the, uh, you know, people, uh, people are, people live in Renton and it's not just, <laughs> it's not just a place where I think there's a, you know, people think of Renton, they think of Seahawks. I know, I think there's a, I want to say there's a Dave and Buster's out there or a, there's some sort of a wine countries nearby, obviously with Woodenville, but uh, they got people that uh, that are looking to laugh. Dave, don't you live near, where do you live again? What's uh, your Sammamish. Number, Dave? Sammamish. Up Sammamish, on the plateau. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's not too far from Renton, is it? No. No. Yeah. Okay. It's like 15, 20 minutes. Um, that's right over where the VMAC that. is. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. So there's a, a little spot out there. I think it's called the Carco Theater. Um, but these guys that put on shows and they do kind of theaters around Washington state. So I'm going to do Chehalis, Washington on February 2nd. Um, and then, uh, and then Renton on Saturday, the third. Um, so all those tickets at adamraycomedy.com, Chehalis, February 2nd, Renton, February 3rd. And then I'll be back at Tacoma comedy club in June, uh, sometime. And I just found out I'm presenting at the Seattle sports awards on February 15th. I don't know oh. what award I'm presenting or who, if I'm going to be partner with anyone, but. I'm already, I'm already writing some bits that I'm sure they will talk me out of or not approve because, yeah. hey, you know, if there's anybody to kill a joke, it's the sports world. Um, because I think KJ's finding the doing blend, 
Say it again. Isn't K? I think KJ's hosting that. KJ's hosting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm pumped. I mean, I, it looks it's like the Oscars for Seattle sports, and I think this is definitely um, you know an exciting year for them to do it, and also you know a lot of anticipation, but also a lot of there's just been so much change, and this has definitely been one of the most emotional like year in sports for Seattle people, as far as like UW, you know, getting so far and and having uh, the game uh, turn out the way it did and, and Pete leaving and, and you know, the M's just kind of, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's still <laughs> kind of, what's yeah. great about what the, <laughs> you nailed it kind it, of, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the soundbite you can play over and over again when that you want to get anyone's up. real take. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is, it's so funny. That was very real, but it is, it is still a great thing about baseball where, um, where it's like, as much as we want to be upset about the moves that were made or not made, you still just don't know, dude. It's like that great uh, scene in Moneyball when Brad Pitt's telling his head scout, he's like, I've seen you, Grady. Okay, okay, my turn. I've seen you sit at those table across from those kids and tell them when I know, I know. And you don't. You don't. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. always think about that because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you don't know. And so Garver could hit 50. Hanniger could have the, an MVP season. And this is what I love about baseball, too, is the, the, uh, the unknown and the excitement for the next season. And this is what you have to do, not only as a baseball fan, but definitely a Mariners fan. you got to stay delusional and optimistic and go, dude, Felix uh, – sorry, Felix. Uh, Castillo <laughs> is going to go, you know, 18 and 2. And, you know, Kirby's going to go 24 and, 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 you know, and zero. And Cal's going to hit 70. You know, you just got to go, you know, Kelnick's going to finally hit, hit 40. And, and Bob's going to get that, you know, that massage from Adam's mom finally, you know, because <laughs> uh, the bet, the bet still stands. It, it, you know, any place for the Braves, but, you know. We never said it couldn't be a different team, Bob, so it's still on the table. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I'm optimistic. And, um, and I hope that, uh, I hope, I hope they have a great year, and I hope they dedicate it to Pete when we win the World Series. So AdamRayComedy.com, right? You got it, baby. AdamRayComedy.com, the show coming up in Renton on the 3rd of February. So check that out. We'll definitely be out there. Uh, Adam, love you, buddy. We'll talk to you soon, man. Love you guys. We'll right. See you next week. Thanks, Adam. Bye. See you, buddy. Day. Bye, Mike. There you go. Pulled him down before he could say goodbye to Mike. Perfect. It's perfect. All right. Our thanks to Adam Ray. Coming up, uh, we're going to take a closer look at our keys to the conference title games coming up this weekend. We're going to roll the tape. That's next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710. Let's roll the tape. Your in-depth breakdown of the Seahawks from former linebacker Dave Wyman. Time to roll the tape. We do this each and every week. Take a look at some very specific elements of football. And let's start with Dave. Who should be the defensive rookie of the year? Bob, how dare you ask me that question? I know. Well, we I'm, I'm setting you up because got, I feel like it's an obvious answer. We got screwed last year. Yeah. I still think so. And even, and for Requel and, um, you know, who had, was it six or eight? Six. Six, yeah. He had six interceptions. I remember thinking eight because there was two he had his hands on. But somehow breaking up passes was a, a, a bigger deal. But here's what I'm focusing in, and I think it's Devin Witherspoon. But look at the look at the snap counts and the percentage of when he's on the field. Now, he did miss three, games. three full games pretty much. I mean, the San Francisco game count. I mean, he, he missed Philly. He missed Tennessee. 
But he played in the Frisco game. He yeah. didn't play in the first game of the season, then the two games with the hip. Play. I think Mike said seven snaps in that play. And he got hurt making a phenomenal play, just laying out, knocking a pass down. But he he played 883 snaps. You look at the, the rest of the contestants, which are Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, um, Joey Porter Jr., and Kobe Turner. Nobody even comes close. Uh, Joey, well, Joey Porter Jr. actually played in over 800 snaps, but if you just look at how often he was on the field, and then he got every pretty much category. He had three sacks. He had a pick six. He had, you know, a ton of uh, passes broken up. 16. Nobody really came that close to that. So he he's got to be it. But I think you have to pay attention to how much was this guy on the field. Like for Jalen Carter, he was he had six sacks. But he's only out there fifty-one percent of the time, so you just it's not him. Yeah, it's it's not Porter. Yeah, and to me, it's Witherspoon or Turner. Yeah, Kobe Turner. So yeah, he's the the kid from uh, the Rams that got nine sacks. Now again, if you want to look at his percentage of how much he was out there, it's like fifty percent. You know, so I don't know. I just I feel he he does have sixteen quarterback hits, Kobe Turner, and I think he was a was he a third rounder. Yeah, third rounder, 89th mm. overall. So, yeah, that that one's pretty close. But to me, it's Devin Witherspoon. Four quarterbacks remain. What stands out about these guys in this game, these games coming up this weekend? I think it's interesting that you have, and I, when I say system quarterback, that's not a knock. But I think in the NFC Championship game, you have two guys that execute a system really, really well. And talking about Jared Goff and, um, you know, our guy Brock Purdy. So I, I feel like those two guys, and they're not as good when it's off schedule time, especially when you compare it to the AFC championship game, which is Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. And those two guys, that's what they're all about. I mean, they're almost more, I think they're more creative. They're more successful when the whole thing breaks down. Yeah, more dangerous. Yeah, I mean, you see those two guys running, especially Lamar Jackson, because he's like a running back. If you beefed him up a little bit, he could be a running back in the NFL. So to me, I, I feel like that's uh, that's kind of an interesting you know, and when one is not better than the other necessarily, I mean, Brock Purdy could end up being the MVP mm-hmm. of the NFL. But, you know, it's still very true that they have this very organized system. Mike, uh, Kyle Shanahan, and then your guy, Ben Johnson, with the Detroit Lions. And I do think that there's there's something very interesting about turning Jared Goff into a really good player. Yeah, it, it, it is. It, and then you throw in the... The number, number one overall pick versus the last overall pick. Yeah. <laughs> Quarterback, which is just, uh, it's kind of an interesting element. Jared Goff it. and, yeah, and uh, Brock Purdy. That's, it, it is cool. And I, I think it sets up, I feel like the Lions can win this game. Um, yeah. But, you know, if that was the case, I think everybody would be happy except for you because your head coach or your new head coach potentially would still be in the Super Bowl and still have to wait two weeks. Still couldn't have that second interview. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, the other guy that is your first choice, and he's my—I I called him one and one A. I'd be—I'd be almost as excited with this guy as I would with Ben Johnson, and that's Mike McDonald. He's your first choice. What makes him such a strong head coaching candidate for anybody, not just the Seahawks? 
his ability to to teach players how how to play his defense. And you know, from what I understand, it's it's really it's complex and it looks complex. But like he has it boiled down to like he can just say a color like blue, green, or a number or whatever, and they know exactly what that is. That's that's what the the understanding is. And as far as their defense goes, that they have made really like Kyle Hamilton. I was talking earlier. He's a safety, kind of a lanky guy. It turned him into a really good player. I mean, and I, I feel like that's the same thing with Patrick Queen, who was drafted just behind Jordan Brooks, that they freed him up to run around and make plays. And you look at the, how free they play and how fast they play. And I, it's, I think it's really interesting to hear that about Mike McDonald, that he has a way, and I'm, I'm sort of exaggerating like it's blue or it's purple, but look at what he, he's got the most out of Jadavian Clowney is having maybe his best year. I think he, he's really Amazing. helped. Yeah, Patrick Queen and then, you know, Kyle Hamilton. I mean, these guys, I feel like it's almost more about the scheme and how he gets it, but he doesn't make it so complicated that these guys can't play. And so that's, to me, when you look at that play against Pittsburgh where there was five missed tackles and guys are just kind of jogging around, I don't think you would – I don't think you could go back and find a single play that Baltimore has had on defense that looks like that. And that's that's the reason why. We're looking for a guy who's a teacher, who's a communicator, and could get the best out of uh, out of this defense. And I asked you earlier, Bob, you know, who do you think underperformed more, the offense or the defense? And your answer was defense. So yeah, not close. Yeah, and and look, I'm I'm just like you. If it's Ben Johnson and he is able to, to come in here and turn Gino into just this Gino's already really good, his accuracy, all that, and just simplify it for him and get the offense going. I okay, uh, that's great. I'll be interested to see who they hire on defense. But, you know, if this happens, I, I feel like defense is where the most, it's the most dire side of the ball as far as needing something new. I mean, it's and been, it has been, it's been on the decline for, for quite a while, which is weird. It's so weird, which, you know, the more we talk about that, the more I start leaning toward, well, maybe they do need a defensive mind. I'll be super happy with Ben Johnson, but I'd be super happy with McDonald as well. So if they can, you know, even Quinn, I know Quinn to me feels like, all right, maybe you settled a bit. Yeah. But it's a defensive mind. Somebody coming in addressing the most, the most pressing. They weren't awesome on offense. We talked about it, but the most pressing need is defense. I'm curious with the texters too. Eight six six nine seven nine three seven seven six Mac and Jack's text line. Is it? Are you almost to the point now where you want one of these geniuses instead of Dan Quinn? We know who Dan Quinn is. Mm-hmm. We know he's a great guy and he'll be a good head coach, no question. But now I'm I'm intrigued by these guys and how they have gotten Jared Goff and. You know, um, Clowney, Jadavian Clowney, to to play their best football, and it's it's something about them. And look, that's that's the thing. Every I'm sure Jared Goff just loves Ben Johnson, and that'd be a huge so. loss. The other thing is, I feel like it would be a waste of resources if Mike McDonald, for example, took the job here and then didn't call defenses. I feel like he he needs to do that, or maybe get somebody that can kind of help him make it a little bit easier. If he's got his clone there. Yeah, you called him a clone. Yeah, yeah. get his, his <laughs> get the clone there. His uh, his mini me. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's what we need. 
All right, there you go. Taking a look at uh, some of the more specific things going on this weekend and roll the tape. Coming up, uh, the Brock Purdy discussions crossed into absurdity now. That's part of our Y-Man. Coming up next with Wyman and Bob, this is Seattle Sports on 710. Why, man? Why? Lunch has been canceled today due to lack of hustle. Deal with it. This is a habitual line stepper. What were you thinking? What are you doing? Why are you the way that you are? It's the Why Man of the Week. It is time for a Why Man. We do it every week. It is presented by Mazda of Everett. For those of you new to the program, we hear things, we see things that make you just go, come on, why, man? Why would you say that? And let's start with this one. And it's uh, there's a lot of conversation around Brock Purdy. We've talked about it. People either think he's great or they think he's just all all hype and a product of the system and he'd be a disaster anywhere else. Uh, but this time, Greg Jennings, former wide receiver for the Packers, uh, was on the Carton Show talking about Brock Purdy and suggesting that the 49ers do away with him and bring in Justin Fields. We've seen the same things with this 49ers team with different quarterbacks. We've seen it with Jimmy Garoppolo when everybody was talking about, oh, all he does is win. Yeah, but was he a difference maker? Absolutely not. And if you were a 49er fan, and if you are a 49er fan, you know that. You've lived it. And so for me, if he does not win, you have to go and try to find a difference maker at that position. Oh. A guy maybe like... Ooh. Justin Fields at the Chicago oh, Bears. Oh, you like it. Now we're talking. That's, uh, I mean, Good morning, everybody. Hey, listen, uh, they might go to the Super Bowl. Look, look, Justin Fields over here. Brock Purdy right now, that's... Let me, some I was with you, Jones. Yeah, that's, that's tough. Thank hey, you. That's a tough. Hey, okay. Let me just say this. <laughs> Justin Fields. I mentioned earlier. Let's not discuss, but it's a good move. We I discussed earlier that Kyle Shannon has a wandering eye. He does. He's a quarterback. He has a wandering eye. <laughs> First of all, I'm not sure why Greg Jennings is shouting the whole time. I know. Uh, he, and, and B, I don't – what am I missing with Justin Fields? What is everybody else seeing other than he's a young guy who's athletic? He can run. You can see that. He just finally crossed the 60% completion percentage in his third season. 61.4, which by today's standards, no good. Not a good, not a good completion percentage. Uh, he had 16 touchdowns and nine picks last year. His high watermark: 17 touchdowns, 11 picks. His first year: seven touchdowns, 10 picks. Tell me what I'm missing. Why would Why would anybody give up the farm for Justin Fields? Because to this point, he looks athletic. He looks like he he certainly has made plays. I've seen him play very well at times, but wildly inconsistent. Yet he's talked about like this guy's a franchise changer, and you've got a franchise that has him and is looking to replace him. Well, who who's saying that? I mean, saying what about Fields? Fields is oh I mean, well, yeah. Well, you just heard Greg yeah, Jennings I mean, say it, but I've I've seen on other shows like this, we get uh, people text in. You got to trade trade Geno this guy and bring in Justin Fields. I'm like, what? What is the? That's what, a weird one. What is the the magic of Justin Fields that I'm missing here? Other than in the Seattle's case, yes, he's decidedly younger than Geno. Yeah. He's not better. He's more athletic. I get it. He's not a better quarterback than Geno. And, you know, you can hate Geno all you want, but I, I just don't know what people are seeing other than you're betting on potential. You're going to bet that he's he's going to be better than he's been in his well, first three seasons. Let's go back to Brock Purdy, okay? So of all of the the teams or the, the quarterbacks that have played 
all 17 games, he is second in completion percentage, just behind Dak Prescott. Because you got guys like Mason Rudolph and Jake Browning that right, you know right. played nine games, four games. There were 70 percent, which is good, you know. But that's just for this is for the long haul. I mean, look, Brock Purdy is a legitimate MVP candidate. Yeah. And so, I mean, I guess, I don't know, if if you put him in a different, you know, like Baltimore's um, offense, would he be that good? No, he, he probably wouldn't, but he executes it perfectly and can be a Super Bowl champion. So why would you, yeah, the, the Justin Fields thing is ridiculous. By the way, I heard today it was Kendrick Perkins and Stephen A. Mm-hmm. They got into it. And Kendrick Perkins, and he goes, how are you going to sit there? You know, I'm just talking about how people scream at each other He's now. Yelling. It's, it's, <laughs> Everybody yells. It's fashionable, apparently. And uh, how are you going to sit there and tell me this and that? And then Perkins got, like, angry, and I don't know if this is an act. And he goes, I'll call you later. <laughs> <laughs> and that, he looks like he could crush Stephen A with oh, yeah. one it, pinky finger. So well, You've seen the video of Stephen hitting the mitts. He's, he'd be in bad shape with most people. Yeah, but, but I, I, <laughs> I, don't, uh, I, don't, I don't understand, yeah, A, why people have to scream it. But then the Brock Purdy, uh, it, it, really, it really bounces up. It really is one of those polarizing topics. Um, but, you know, look, I do think if you put him in a system like um, the Ravens, mm-hmm. that's just bad coaching. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't put him in your system. Yeah, you wouldn't have him running around. Now, yeah. he, if he's getting protection like any quarterback, he's going to find the guys that are open. That's right. that's his strength. He's he doesn't have the arm that Justin Fields has. He does certainly doesn't have the legs, the speed, but he's got the accuracy. He's got the decision making. Yeah. And he's got the win. He's he's producing. With, well, and that's all. It's all about decision making at quarterback. Yeah. Right. I mean. You know, unless you, you want to run Baltimore's offense, and then, you know, it's more about speed at the quarterback position. I don't think Brock Purdy is super fast or anything, but he doesn't really need to. He's got his weapons. You know, it's it's up to those guys. So, yeah, it's just a weird – you don't have to love Purdy, but the, the idea that you're saying, you know, get somebody who's a difference maker like Justin Field. If he's such a difference maker, why would the Bears be entertaining the idea of getting rid of him in exchange for a quarterback who has yet to step on an NFL field in Caleb Williams. I, I haven't yeah, I haven't really watched Justin Fields that that closely other than you see his highlights. It's always him running. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean he and he's fantastic. You know, maybe he kind of like, you know, I was saying with uh, Lamar Jackson, maybe Justin Fields could switch to running back. Yeah, I don't it's it's a weird thing, but okay. There you go, Greg Jennings. Meanwhile, uh, Sean O'Hara on the NFL Network the day after the Chiefs beat the Bills. So, Bills going home, Chiefs moving on. Apparently continuing to insist that uh Josh Allen is a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes. We got robbed. Again, we we as NFL fans, friends? as NFL, <laughs> no, friends, on, let, me, let me let me finish. <laughs> as NFL fans, we got robbed by another chance for to see more Josh Allen in that game. If the kicker makes the field goal, we're going into overtime. So I go back to that 13 second game where they changed the overtime rules because of that game because Josh didn't get a chance to do that. But look, I would those rankings right there. I mean, you can change them week to week if you want, but still, I'm taking. Regardless of the outcome, I'm taking Josh Allen every single time. Why are you taking Josh Allen over Patrick Mahomes, the guy who's won multiple Super Bowls? He's been a multiple MVP both in Super Bowls and the regular season. I think Mahomes has a better team. That's why. But but, but pure quarterback play, I think Josh Allen is is better. You're not going to get me going, Varro. 
Now, give me going viral on that. That, that came from Sean. Sean O'Hara, that did not come from Bucky Brooks. No, 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 no. You got to yell, Dave. That's If you're ever invited on one of these shows as an, as an NFL analyst, just keep it in the back of your head. I have to yell at some point. Yeah. <laughs> who, was, who was saying Josh Allen what was again? Sean O'Hara. Yeah, O'Hara, yeah. He wasn't yelling. He wasn't, but Bucky started. To. Yeah, he got loud. <laughs> he uh, wanted to make sure nobody, uh, you know, thought that <laughs> thought that he his, said that his idea. Yeah, um, I don't know. You look at their numbers. I, who would you take? I would take I mean, Patrick I, Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, you're MVPs, gonna, titles. He he gives he, you so many more options, and I th- I just feel like the entire playbook is open. He can do everything. He can throw it deep. He's accurate. Um, you know, the only problem that he's had is uh, some of his receivers catching his his passes. Man, yeah, so, yeah, leading the league in it. Despite that, he had a sixty seven point two percent completion percentage on the year, and that's with his team leading the NFL in drop passes. So, yeah, he's a proven commodity. I like Josh Allen. He's loaded with talent. He's a problem running the ball, too. We've talked about that. He's got a cannon arm. He's very good. This this isn't about one stinks and the other's great. No, they're both great. But come on, man. Patrick's done it. You, you Josh looks like he could do it, but Patrick has done it. Yeah, and I, I'm looking also at, like, durability and um you know for for a guy that moves around the pocket a lot he's been remember patrick mahomes got that uh kneecap thing on a quarterback sneak one yeah. time but he's for the most dude, part too. huh tough dude do yeah absolutely all right coming up mike vrabel's name continues to be a popular one among some fans so is there a chance he ends up here we're going to talk to espn titans reporter teron davenport about it he's going to join us next with wyman and bob this is seattle sports on 710